Welcome to Full Body Frequency, the show that celebrates everything full-bodied and fabulous. I'm Laura Rice, cultural curator, fashion designer, and your guide through the Full Body Frequency experience. This is the current through which we will explore the truths and explode the myths about the lives and loves of plus-size women. Since our lives shouldn't depend on how others see us, neither does this show. What do a restaurateur, now cookbook author, a former Nordstrom department manager turned designer, and an anti-diet intuitive podcast host have in common? Well, for starters, they're all curvy entrepreneurs. They're change agents and guests on today's episode of Full Body Frequency. Melba Wilson, the Harlem-born, bread and buttered restaurateur, joins me to talk about her hot new cookbook, Melba's American Comfort. Tired of jeans that don't fit, gap in the back, muffin top stuffing? Then you need to own several pairs of to-be-continued jeans. Conchita Jamison, the founder and president of this dynamic denim company, joins us for an update and to share her latest venture. We'll change our dieting and spiritual frequencies with Lana Simmons. Lana is the founder and host of The Lana Simmons Show and Size Human, a body positivity podcast. She is a recovering dieter whose long and considerable past on the diet roller coaster includes lap band surgery. Since she's gotten off that ride, the world has become her oyster. She'll explain. We'll return after this quick break with Harlem's own culinary queen of comfort food, Melba Wilson. It was 745 you ask her what she had for breakfast, this is what she'd say. Stylefish and coffee, maple syrup and jam, butterscotch pies and a tangerine, cause I had all of a ham. If you set your mind free, baby, maybe you'd understand. Stylefish and coffee, maple syrup and jam. Oh, and the singing.
restaurateur, caterer, serial entrepreneur, and now cookbook author. Her culinary career includes time working at some of New York City's most respected dining establishments, including Sylvia's, Rosa Mexicano, and Windows on the World. Her book, Melba's American Comfort, which is available online and in bookstores everywhere, is chock full of recipes. And as her late grandmother would say, so good that it will make you want to slap your mama. Melba Wilson, congratulations on the book and welcome to Full Body Frequency. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. Melba, when I saw you in Chicago last December at the Harlem On My Plate film screening, you were carrying around the galley for Melba's American Comfort Cookbook, and you were so excited about it and its pending publication. So now the cookbook is here, a living and breathing testament to great food. How does it feel? You know, it's it's sort of like birthing a baby. It, it really <laughs> took me two years to deliver this child, um, but it's amazing, and it's a great feeling of accomplishment. You know, this is my first cookbook, so to be able to have something that's in your mind that only you can see and have it come to fruition is just wonderful, and it's a testament that anything that we put our minds to and we work hard at, it can happen. Absolutely. The book is clearly a labor of love. It's filled with 100 recipes ranging from breakfast and brunch foods to comfortizers, also known as appetizers. There are entrees, side dishes, desserts, and liquid refreshment libations. And the food featured in Melba's American Comfort is beautifully photographed. Quite frankly, the food leaps off the pages. No, that's one of the biggest compliments that you can give. We actually used a photographer who had, who um, actually had shot magazines, but she had never shot a cookbook before. And when I met with Melissa, what stood out about her work is it felt that you could just pick up the picture and eat it. And that was important to me. I really wanted the food to be the star of the show. And it's just that. It, it's the star of the show. The book includes healthier, but just as satisfying recipes for many of the foods that we grew up on. And with that in mind, is this why the book harkens to American comfort rather than American soul food, which is satisfying, but often stigmatized as a heart attack on a plate? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, my family, they're from South Carolina. So of course, when I grew up, I grew up eating collard greens that had smoked turkey in them, uh, you know, Crisco, lard, those are some of the ingredients, as well as um, the true farm-to-table, where a lot of our, our produce and uh, came right from in the back of our house in the yard. So, but yeah, when you think of American comfort, you know, we're all looking to live longer. And unfortunately, oftentimes, a lot of the items that we eat are filled with preservatives. So when you talk about American comfort food, we want to try and make it as healthy as we can. And that starts with, first of all, outsourcing um, as many organic ingredients as possible, as much free range in terms of chicken, um, et cetera, and also substituting in small ways. Instead of having the ham hocks that my grandmother cooked with, now I use smoked turkey. So, yeah, it is about trying to eat healthier, leaner, but also making sure that the food is still tasty. And oftentimes we associate healthy foods with foods that are lacking in flavor. And um, 
we just wanted to show you that there is something called healthy comfort and that it tastes good. Now, there's a chapter devoted to fried chicken. Yes, a whole chapter, which includes <laughs> healthier oven fried and gluten free options. And we definitely appreciate that. But you're right. Any self-respecting home cook knows how to cook a mean fried chicken. And for those home cooks that are less than self-respecting, what are the most important factors for cooking great fried chicken, great oven fried chicken, or any meal? Well, again, it starts with your ingredients. You want to have ingredients that are wonderful, that are organic if possible, and that are of good quality. Um, It's sort of like a canvas. You know, the picture is going to come out better if it's on the right canvas. So we want to start off with the right canvas. So that means getting a chicken that's, that's perhaps a Murray's or, or, or free-range chicken that's, that's, that's to die for to start with. That's number one. And then it's all about your seasonings. One of the places that I went when I was in Chicago that I fell in love with was Season House, uh, Spice House. It's called Spice House. And I was able to pick up some really fresh and organic seasonings there. And so, you know, we use some cayenne pepper. We use garlic powder. I'm a big fan of something called, by Goya, called Sazonador. And it's a combination of a bunch of different spices that are blended. And also, I'm a, I'm a big hot sauce girl. So when I season my chicken, sometimes I put a little, a little Frank's hot sauce in it. And then it's what? about the breading. You got to make sure you get the right breading. When I'm when I'm flouring my chicken, I use a number three paper bag, a brown paper bag, and I also I add the same seasonings in that brown paper bag with some flour, and I shake and bake it. It's important to make sure that you get flour and a nice coat of flour all over your chicken, but not too much. And the brown paper bag allows you to control the flow and to make sure that you're touching every inch of that chicken. I think one of the other mistakes that we make is not making sure that the oil is at 350. The oil has got to be at 350 for you to get a nice golden brown fried chicken. And you also want to make sure that your chicken is thoroughly cooked. So you want to take that thermometer and put it in and make sure it reads 165, which ensures you that the inside is done. And on the outside, you have a nice golden brown fried chicken. Well, now you're listening to Full Body Frequency. My guest is Melba Wilson. Her new cookbook, Melba's American Comfort, which is available online and in bookstores everywhere, includes a range of foods from a variety of regions, cultural and ethnic traditions throughout the U.S., before the break, we were speaking about fried chicken, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to speak about how you threw down and smacked down <laughs> Chef Bobby Flay with your world-famous chicken and eggnog waffles. Tell us about that. That was one of those moments where, you, where the skies just open up and you're like, oh my God, did this really, really happen? And did it happen to me? Um, I'm a big Food Network fan, so of course I've watched hundreds of so many of the different shows. Food Network contacted me um, around about December, and they said, um, we are doing a show called Served Here First. And since Chicken Waffles were started in Harlem, they reached out to me because they heard that I make the best chicken and waffles. So it was in December. It was my busy season. It was catering season. I turned them down, told them I couldn't do it. Well, they're very determined folks, and they don't just say no. 
they kept calling, and finally I gave in. We did an amazing demonstration at Melba's restaurant, and then they wanted to take the second part of the shoot to a location in Harlem. I actually chose the Linux Lounge because of its historic value and meaning. We're in the middle of the demo. I, I'm, I'm talking to the crowd, getting them revved up. All of a sudden, in walks Iron Chef Bobby Flay. Oh, my God. I'm shocked. Never once did I ever think that it was a throwdown because those things don't happen. They, it's never happened in Harlem, and it uh, definitely wasn't going to happen to me. Sure enough, I'm welcoming him, thinking that he's there to watch me do my demo. <laughs> and he offers a throwdown, and, you know, I had to go for it. You're in my hometown. You're talking about chicken and waffles. I can do this. Still didn't know whether or not I won. It was at the moment, in the moment, and just praying that I did, you know, everything that I know how to do and that I was about to do. And at the end, I got the victory. I have to tell you, though, just being alongside Iron Chef Bobby Flay was a victory, and that was a win for me. It just really totally catapulted my career. He's since become a very dear friend. Well, I have to say that episode of his show was amazing and it brought back memories of New York City for me. And of course, I remember fondly living on 121st and Lenox, right down the street from the Lenox Lounge. So I was not only was the show amazing, but I was so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. One of the things that we're doing, and you mentioned this earlier, is that we're focusing more on focusing more and more on shopping locally to access the freshest ingredients and to decrease our carbon footprint. And you mentioned that you spent summers with relatives in South Carolina. So yours, of course, is the original farm-to-table experience. But what are some of the spring dishes in Melba's American Comfort that you recommend listeners make now using seasonal ingredients? Wow. Um, I think that you can always go for a salad. Um, okra and corn succotash, mm. vine, delish, mm. fresh. You can use it as a full entree, or it makes a wonderful accompaniment to some seafood or grilled chicken. That's one of my favorite summer dishes. I am also big on beets. Oh, my God. When you get yellow beets and red beets, you put those together. That's another one of my favorite recipes and that are in season right now and that are delish and are wonderful substitutes for those who are vegetarians and or vegans. We do a grilled vegetable Napoleon that is wonderful where we use portobello mushrooms. Uh, bean salad, macaroni and cheese is always delish and divine, even though it's always in season. But the great thing is that you can... You can add some snap peas. You know, you can look and see which vegetables are in season right now. And that's always great to add those into your macaroni and cheese. Just switch it up a bit. So there's so many fun things that, that you can do. Um, you can always add avocados to any of your dishes, especially mm-hmm. a great salad or as a side as well. So there's, you know, it's, it's, it's all about looking and seeing what's in season. Blood oranges are great to make a blood orange vinaigrette with right now or to marinate your fish. 
as well as your uh, chicken. But was the use of an exposure to fresh ingredients that allowed you at the age of 12 or 13 to create your spice cake recipe, which incorporated applesauce for sweetness for your diabetic uncle? Definitely my mom having apples around the house was always important. You know, growing up on a farm in South Carolina, as my mom and my dad both did, they were used to going and getting grapes from the vine. You know, getting apples off the tree. So these are things that we grew up with having them around. You know, when the bananas turned brown, my mother made a banana bread, you know, or she made a topping for our pancake, caramelized bananas for for our pancake. And so definitely having fresh fruit and fresh ingredients around inspired me to make my spice cake for my Uncle Roy. And yeah, Uncle Roy was a diabetic. And we called it at the time, he had the sweets, he had mm. sugar, um, which now translates to, translates to diabetes. But he loved eating sweets. And my mom would always fuss at him and go, Lord, you know, you can't eat that cake, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And it would kill me because I knew how much joy he got from it. And so for me, I was up for a task. It was to bake Uncle Roy a cake that he could thoroughly enjoy and where he wasn't lacking in flavor or spiciness. Just playing around in the kitchen, I decided to substitute sugar for applesauce. And he got the sweetness in that. And applesauce, I found, made the cake extremely moist. Uncle Roy was very, very happy. And till the day he died, it was one of his favorite things that I ever made for him. That's an incredible gesture of love. Incredible. Thank you. Incredible. I think food is a gesture of love, right? That's how we extend our love. Yeah. Food oftentimes. So Melba, if you had one last meal, what would it be? Who would cook it? And who would you share it with? Oh, wow. If I had one last meal, I would probably have Charlie Charter. Okay. Cook it. It would be a meal full of love, laughter, and surprise. And I would share it with Nelson Mandela. Wow. Amazing. Charlie Trotter cooking and you there sharing with Nelson Mandela. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Melba Wilson, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And I'm sending you hugs and sweet potato pie kisses from Harlem. Wonderful. Melba Wilson's highly anticipated new cookbook, Melba's American Comfort, is available online and in bookstores everywhere. To learn more about Melba Wilson or Melba's, her wildly popular restaurant in Harlem, visit melbasrestaurant.com. Up next, the new queen of funky denim, Conchita Jameson of To Be Continued Jeans, where you're not a body type, you are a proportion. Stay tuned. Full Body Frequency will be right back. There's one thing you can never have sex without. It's not something you buy. Or something you take. In fact, there's only one way to get it. It has to be given to you, freely. It's consent. Because sex without it isn't sex. It's rape. Consent. 
If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Full Body Frequency. My next guest is on the precipice of something huge, pun intended. She is the founder and president of To Be Continued Jeans, whose design philosophy is based on your proportions, not your size. Conchita Jamison, welcome back to Full Body Frequency. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me back on your show. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's been a little bit more than a year and a half ago since we last spoke. Remind listeners about To Be Continued Jeans' unique mission and how your system of fit works. Wow, I didn't realize it's been that long. Oh, my goodness. Well, so many cool things have transpired. So the way that my gene line works is we are intended for the full-figure woman. So we have constructed our genes with the full-figure woman in mind. So our genes are going to fit your proportion not your number. So that's one of our models at TV Continue. You're not just the body type, you're a proportion. And to that end, we've created a symmetrically balanced pair of jeans that's going to fit every area of your proportion so that you don't have that feel of, oh, I got to go and find a number. No, you're just looking in the mirror and you're seeing your body type and you're going to go right there and you're going to find that perfect fitting pair of jeans. Now, I can't remember what fit or proportion I am. All I know is that I've never, ever had jeans that fit me so well. Let me put it this way. When I wear your jeans, there's no gap in the back. I don't need to wear a belt with them. And they certainly don't need to be tailored. My small waist and ample behind are in sync. And thank you for that. 
I love it. That is so amazing. So your body type, Laura, um, you're actually an ebony. So because you're an ebony, it fits every proportion. So every time that you go into um, online, I'm sorry, it'll be in store soon. You see, I'm saying going to a store because that's what's coming next. That's my plan. So every time you go online and shop for a pair of our to be continued jeans, you would look for an ebony. So whatever that um, style um, whatever that color, you would be in ebony. So that's why um, they'll fit you so wonderfully because they're going to follow in proportion with your body measurement. Okay. So now you said I'm in ebony, but what are the other proportions that you have? So that's a great question. So I have actually different body types. So we're all different proportions, but my gene line goes by body type. And it also goes by like my body type I've named. So I have the Valerie and that's more of like a pear-shaped hourglass shape. I have the Janelle, and that's more of a round or a curvy shape. And then I have the Ebony, and the Ebony is more of a curvier shape, but it gives you more of an apple and a straight up and down shape a little bit. And then I have the Megan, which is straight up and down with just a little bit of a twist. Then I have the Tristan, and Tristan is the last one that's introduced. And that's more of an oval and diamond shape. Well, one of the great customer service opportunities that To Be Continued Jeans offers are parties, which include demonstrations and interactive fashion shows. And by interactive, I mean the guests serve as the models. Now, as you ramp up for summer and believe it or not, for fall, will the jean parties still figure into your business plan? Absolutely, they will. Um, This is really a great time to have jean parties because so many people are getting together and they are gathering their collection for fall. So this is an opportunity to kind of get the girlfriends together, have their favorite bottle of whatever, wine, water, have some (laughs) cheese and food, and they just get together and we just fit. And actually, like you said, um, the model who is the host serves as the actual model for that particular day. So we get them fit prior to the party and we have them to try on their old jeans versus their new customized to be continued jeans. And the fit is amazing. It just transforms who you are because you really get to see how you really look in a pair of jeans without a number attached to it. Well, that before and after fit is brilliant. Great marketing. (laughs) Great marketing. You must sell a million jeans that way. Thanks. I love that. I love that million number. I'm working at it. You know, one (laughs) pair at a time, one pair at a time. Great. This is Laura Rice. And if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Full Body Frequency with my guest, Conchita Jamison, the founder and president of To Be Continued Jeans. Her company designs jeans that offer custom fit through your proportions. During our last conversation, you were looking forward to increasing the number of boutiques selling your product. What's that journey been? We're still in the midst of trying to increase our boutique presence. But what we're doing now is we've really kind of scaled back a little bit. And we've been more strategic on focusing on our biggest venture that's happening right now. What have been some of the risks and rewards that have yielded themselves this year? So some of the risks have been just stepping out there and trying really to find the right mix of boutique and trying to find a good blend just so that our customers are able to shop and are able to have a great experience without me actually being present in the shop to give them the start to finish to be continued walkthrough journey. So meaning for them to be able to find the perfect fit 
by just going into the store and having that knowledgeable sales staff to be able to walk them through the journey. And all of our boutique owners um, that we have had relationship with have been amazing at doing that. It's just not enough me's to go around to every boutique to be able to be in the door every time that someone is buying a pair of jeans. We'll take a quick break, and when Full Body Frequency returns, Conchita will share some exciting news about To Be Continued Jeans' participation in one of the plus-size and curvy community's preeminent annual events. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with Big Bird's new beak. Stay tuned. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Conchita Jamison, welcome back to Full Body Frequency. Drum roll, please. What rhymes with Big Bird's new beak? Well, that would be Full Figure Fashion Week. Exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> and you've heard it here first. Conchita Jamison and her brand, To Be Continued Jeans, will present during the Full Figure Fashion Week's seventh runway showcase and industry awards ceremony saturday june 18th in new york city for more information and tickets which tend to sell out quite early visit www.fffweek.com fullfigurefashionweek.com so now you're participating in full figure fashion week and that has been a dream of yours for quite some time how does it feel to be one of few independent designers whose creations will grace the runway this year? Oh, my goodness. Since you said it like that, that just gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I already had a whole ton of anxiety, but I am so honored and I am so excited about presenting my collection on the runway this year. It absolutely has been a dream of mine to present a collection at Full Figure Fashion Week in New York. And it's really like a dream come true. And, and it's almost a little surreal, Laura, really, to say the least. When I think about it, it's like, really? Is this really happening? And I have to almost pinch myself a little bit to make sure that I'm not dreaming and that this is really real life. What are we going to see on this dream runway of yours? Well, now, I can't tell everything, but I will give you a little hint. I will say that you are going to see a cool twist of spring and a nice pop of fall fashion just kind of blowing in the wind uh, just to leave you hanging a little bit. How about that? That works. That works. That builds the anticipation and makes us very excited about what's coming. There's a considerable cost related to your full-figured Fashion Week presentation. You're almost finished with your crowdfunding campaign, but for folks who want to support your company during full-figured Fashion Week, how do they connect with your crowdfunding campaign? That is great. And you are so right. There is a considerable cost um, that comes along with it as long as much as not just the cost to participate, but just everything that goes into making it, just to make sure that the dynamic of it is great and that it's everything that Full Figure Fashion Week is going to bring. So I've been really trying to be intentional on making sure that I present a collection that is going to wow 
um, everyone that's there as well as everyone that will watch and see it for years to come. With I did a GoFundMe that will still stay open. It's open still now, and it's GoFundMe.com forward slash the number two, the letter B, and then C-O-N-T, Jeans. That would be amazing for the support of To Be Continued. You can just go right there, and or you can click on my Facebook page at To Be Continued Jeans, and you'll be able to see the link for our crowdfunding page as well. Excellent. Well, Conchita Jamison, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be watching you at Full Figure Fashion Week. I am so excited, Laura, and thank you so much for being an amazing supporter. I thank you so much for your ebony jeans, and I know your curves are thanking you, and thank you for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. So welcome. For more information about To Be Continued Jeans, visit 2 as in the number, B as in boy, C as in Charlie, O as in operator, T as in Tom, jeans.com. After we return from this final break, Full Body Frequency will be joined by Lana Simmons, a yoga instructor, health at every size practitioner, and an intuitive podcaster. Want to know how her body, mind, and spirit stay connected? Then you know what to do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In your eyes I can see a strength that's deep and growing. On your face is a story just waiting to be told. In your mind is the source of everything worth knowing. And a spirit that will never grow old. And the ways you're wrong are gonna rise and fall. You got a lot to learn, but you're never gonna know it all. Don't hide, be proud of your battle scars. You're stronger than you think you are. Your battle scars mean that you've survived. 
competition Once you see that what you need has been with you all along Once you learn that courage is another word for intuition Then your fears will disappear And your heart will burst out in song And the waves you're wrong are gonna rise and fall You gotta got to learn Body Frequency is back, and if you've just tuned in, we're talking diet, recovery, and moving past your fears with Lana Simmons. In 2012, this former chronic dieter decided that she had enough calories, points, low-carb, no-carb, paleo, food scale drama to last a lifetime. She threw away the scale and now practices the health at every size approach concerning health and fitness. Lana Simmons is the founder of The Lana Simmons Show, Size Human, and Pages and Shit, a book club for the rest of us. Lana, congratulations on your second podcast, The Lana Simmons Show, and welcome to Full Body Frequency. Thank you for having me, Laura. So, Lana, there's so much to unpack and so much to talk about, but let's start here. You were raised Catholic and on Mm. a farm in Colorado. You met your husband and knew he was the one immediately amazing. You've traveled the world as part of a military family, and now you're a retired military spouse. And part of this time, you were on a destructive path due to your constant dieting. So what led you to diet? Wow. That actually started when I was pretty young, about 10 years old. I was a big kid. I remember, you know, just being bullied and stuff about being a big kid And my mom took me into the doctor because she was concerned. And the first thing he did was put me on a diet, Mm. which was, I believe I had to write down everything I ate and nothing sweet. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't fancy, but it was my first diet. And from there, it just, I didn't stop dieting till about three or four years ago. Just was not, was not good. So... So when you stopped dieting, why did you stop and what was the turning point? Oh, well, (laughs) it was ugly. Mm. (laughs) It was an ugly situation. I've had lap band surgery. That did not work. And it's not because the band didn't work. It's because, you know, I just ate around the band. Um, And really lap band, you know, for those of you considering gastric, it's probably not your best option. So I had lap band surgery. We were living in Germany at the time. My husband received orders for Hawaii. We moved there, and then the doctor there ended up busting the saline band around the lap band, so it Mm. was broken. Um, At that point, I decided to, um, you know, give it one last hurrah. Like, I got a dietitian, an exercise physiologist, the doctor. I had a team of people helping me to lose weight. And I did. I dropped 100 pounds in about a year. And we then, at that time, my husband received orders again to move to Texas. And I did not want to go. So that was just, it was just bad from the get-go. I just wasn't ready to leave. You know, but my behavior at the time when losing weight wasn't really good behavior anyways. It was borderline. It was obsessive. It Mm. was weighing and measuring everything that put in my mouth. So it's not like my behavior was the best anyways. So we moved to Texas. 
I was very unhappy and I just could not keep up this intense regimen that I was on of dieting and exercising two hours a day. Um, I had gotten a part-time job and just I just couldn't keep it up and I slowly started to regain the weight which you know as you know you have a 95% fail rate anyways on a diet so it's pretty natural to regain the weight and I remember like just crying at in our kitchen because I was trying to make dinner and I just couldn't figure out what to make or something that I could eat that the kids could eat because I had to eat separate from them and my husband came in and he was just like you have got to stop this. Like he was a good sport through all of it, right? He literally didn't care. Um, what He just wanted me to be happy. And he was just like, you have got to stop this. You know, our daughter sees this, our kids, they, they see you doing this. I don't care what you have to do, but you have got to stop this. Centering your life around the size of your ass. I was of course mad at him, but I knew he was right. And that really kind of shifted me to not dieting and trying to find other options. And I kind of stumbled into the health at every size research. Right. And it was, it's kind of, it was the beginning. I didn't realize it. It was the beginning of an unraveling on so many levels. For people who don't know, what is health at every size? The Association for Size, Diversity and Health, they're, Hayes is a registered trademark by them, and I'm sure they'll correct me if I'm wrong. It is a weight-neutral approach to health, meaning that it kind of follows the intuitive eating guidelines. You movement that you enjoy instead of rigid exercise. It's like this holistic approach if health is your goal. So if health isn't your goal, and which is totally fine, not everybody has to have that be their focus, but if it is, it's probably your best way to be healthy and not crazy. Right. Dr. Linda Bacon has some wonderful books out that will be posted on the Full Body Frequency Facebook page so you all can check them out. Yes. My guest this segment is Lana Simmons, a Reiki certified yoga instructor who has been featured in Be Nourished, My Body Does, Military Spouse Magazine, Spouse Buzz, and numerous blogging platforms and podcasts. From that diet no more point of departure, you created Size Human, a body positivity podcast in 2015. Let's talk about that. I did. My husband was, at the time, we were still in Texas. He was actually getting ready to retire. He had put in 20 years with the military, and we were taking that jump into the civilian world, and we decided to move to Virginia um, because that seemed to be where his best bet was to find a job. And while there, you know, I was still working towards that whole non-diet. It is hard. If you are a chronic dieter like I am, and you have spent most of your life dieting, it is hard to not diet because mm. it's almost like, it's, it's like a, a familiar cycle. So for me, it's like, I'll, I'll find this diet. I get super pumped about it. I get all, I buy all the things, all the little gadgets and everything that goes with it. And then I start the diet. I feel miserable. What have I done to myself? But then I'll start to lose weight. Society is like, oh, great, you know, you're being 
a good fat person by dieting. So you get the reinforcement. Right. You look great. <laughs> you look wonderful. You're glowing. What are you doing? Yes. I'm starving yeah. myself. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, I, I can barely sleep and I have cramps, uh, leg cramps, but I'm starving myself. But thanks. I'm glad I look great. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And then you have that like, moment where you're just like you can't it's for me it was like kind of a slow decline where I was like oh, I'll have a little bit of cake here so we moved to Virginia my husband retired and um you know with me not really having a career so to speak because I was always this stay-at-home person and doing a lot of volunteering and stuff my resume looked really patchworky as he retired I decided to just start a podcast and that's kind of how Size Human came about. I have a good friend here who's, I'm a large body person, she's medium bodied. And she would always say that the body positive movement's really focused on large body folks. And she felt like she was kind of not accepted. She's probably a 12 or a 14. So she really doesn't fit into the normal sizes either, or the straight size as well. So, we were having a discussion one day and she's like, well, why can't it just be size human? Why does it have to be this plus size, the straight size? Where is a movement for all of us? Right. So that's how size human was born. It was about people just being comfortable in their bodies as is old, young, large, small. So <clears throat> from there we started a podcast or I started the podcast and was able to get some amazing researchers and health at every size dietitians and just talk about all things body positive. It was pretty awesome. The last Size Human podcast actually posted to iTunes in March of 2006. Why did you end it? I, you know, I did body positivity, the whole thing with Size Human for... Oh, I did it for a while and I just felt like it was a healing process for me is what it felt like. When I started doing the podcast, I realized that this is really more about me kind of healing my own diet demons mm -hmm. and really keeping me from dieting again. So it just felt like at one point I wanted to talk about more than just body positivity more than just the size of my body, because we were still talking about body size and body positivity. So I, I just decided one day, like, I, I think I'm done doing the Size Human podcast because I want to talk about more. And I was, at the same time, you know, I had actually <laughs> consulted a, a couple of psychics because that's normal, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so normal. Um, <laughs> and one, the first one I saw who I actually, I just put out a podcast on her today, Tanya, she said to me, you have a little bit of what I have. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it just started this whole like, I really think looking back now that I use dieting and, you know, I'm sure there's, this is multi-layered, but I really feel like I use dieting as a way to not deal with my emotions either, or that gift that I have. I just, until I always had this thing that when I was thin, 
when I reached that perfect size, then I could live my life. Then mm. I could go do other things, right? Then I could discover this other side of myself. Dieting was a way to stunt that. So as I was doing this podcast, I was just kind of slowly coming back to that gift at the same time. And I found myself wanting to talk about that side more, the the woo-woo, that weird side that was unfortunately so prevalent. That's how I kind of shifted from um, Size Human to the Lana Simmons show. I still talk about body positivity. It's very important and it's still an interest of mine. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Full Body Frequency. To listen to this entire episode from beginning to end, log on to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and search Full Body Frequency. My guest right now is Lana Simmons, a former serial dieter and host of The Lana Simmons Show. She's also an intuitive. In previous conversations, you've mentioned that during your physical healing, you were also healing your mind and your spirit. And and again, you just mentioned a little bit that you were at war with one of your special gifts and that of intuiting. What exactly is an intuitive and how does your gift differ from those of psychics and mediums? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> so we all we're we're all intuitive. We all have that part of us that that gut feeling that you just know something is not right or you make a choice that may not seem logical to other people looking at your life but you know it's the right choice for you. We all have that. Mine just shows up a little differently. Mine is more of an intuitive knowing. I just seem to know when I meet people, I will know certain things about them. Or even with our move here to Virginia, I just knew that my husband would not, the jobs that he applied for in Texas would fall through, which they did. And Mm. I would know that we would eventually end up here. It was just like, I just knew it. Like there was no question. So that's how it shows up for me. Mediums are actually people who speak to people who have passed over. I do not have that gift, which I'm kind of grateful for because that seems scary. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, mine's just a little bit, I don't know if the word's stronger or I don't know. I guess a stronger knowing of things. What about psychics? So psychics is interesting because we're all technically psychic as as well because that kind of ties into the intuition. It's just that psychics have a really bad name. You think of psychics, you think of somebody that wants to take your money. Or, you know, they they Facebooked you and then told you stuff off your Facebook, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what you think of psychics. But it's pretty much the same thing. And I'm sure some psychic or intuitive will call in and email you and saying it's not. But it's pretty much the same concept that that uh that consciousness that all-knowing consciousness that we're connected to let me throw this out here because it kind of works together with your intuiting so seven words long distance reiki and roomy tarot cards tell me about this (laughs) well i just got my my reiki two cert and so reiki is have you ever have you ever been had a been to a Reiki practitioner? I haven't, but I do have a friend who's one. Oh, okay. So with Reiki, it's like it's the best way that I can describe it is like when you pray for somebody, you're using that kind of Reiki process. So you're you know pr- asking for God and you're send you're sending that love energy to that person. It's kind of the same thing with Reiki, but 
you can do that in a distance format or you can do it with them in your home. Mm -hmm. So because Reiki means universal life force energy. So that's, Mm. or, you know, God, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go down the Reiki path because, you know, you kind of bring people in. It's not something you can see, right? And you have to really use your intuition and you can tap into, you tap into their chakras and that kind of a thing. So with distance Reiki, the person is at their home, you are at your home, and then you do certain symbols for them and kind of dive into their energy and their chakras and put that love and light wherever they need it. Mm. So it's, a, you know, kind of woo-woo, but that's kind of where I'm headed. Are you using your intuiting gift to figure out exactly where they need that energy, mm-hmm. that love? Okay. Yeah. And honestly, you know, thank goodness I had the the teacher that I did. You can't do Reiki wrong in the sense that if you show up and you're sending them love and you're not sending them ugly stuff, like that love will go where it needs to or they're still getting that love. Now, what about Rumi tarot cards? Explain that. So before we dive into tarot cards, I need to talk about like the future part of it. And like the law of attraction, all that stuff. So I think that we, we are beings with free choice and we can either choose to make good choices, follow our intuition, stay safe, you know, or make bad choices. There's, there's like a spectrum of choices. And I think with, when you have somebody pull cards on you with a tarot deck, I feel like if they have a low vibe, if they are not taking care of their energy and they're a low vibe intuitive they're going to pull out the negative choices for you if that mm, makes sense so does. then you fo- so then you focus on the negative stuff and then you start thinking about how you might have these horrible things coming up in your life there's terrible things with you you're a broken human so you know i really don't like the tarot deck for that reason and i feel like honestly it's old energy because you know, within the intuitive psychic community new energy is from 2012 on right the whole mayan you know, it wasn't the end of the world. It was a shift into new energy. Mm. So I feel like tarot decks are kind of old energy. And I honestly, for me personally, I will never have somebody do a tarot deck on me. I just don't want to think. <laughs> I want to focus on the positive. So with an oracle deck, Doreen Virtue has some great ones, some angel decks. She has fairies. I think there's even a cat oracle deck if you're Mm. an animal person. It focuses on more of the positive side and not like Pollyanna, Mm -hmm. but like maybe you need to spend more time contemplating your choices or if you're in a certain situation with a person and you're asking about that person, that it might suggest that you revisit it and make a different choice. So I personally prefer the Oracle cards, and I found this Rumi deck, and it is pretty much the love deck. I would have anyone do pull a Rumi deck on because, as you know, with po- his poetry and stuff, it's it's really about love and taking care of that that side of you, the divine feminine and creativity, and it just feels so, I don't know, like lush and beautiful and I like that future option, so (laughs) rather than the tarot tech that's like doom and gloom. In terms of Rumi, and for those folks who don't know, you just mentioned he was a Persian poet, jurist, Islamic scholar, theologian, a Sufi mystic. 
But part of his work dealt with the spiritual love, love of humanity, and also some would say romantic love. So do those cards deal with all of that? Yeah, I would say it does. It incorporates all of that. And I think there's, from looking through it, it looks like it really focuses on kind of the love of yourself and then you expressing that love outward, however that manifests. If your love is for your family, if your love is for being a parent or my love of podcasts, hopefully it's a love podcast, you know. Mm, That sounds wonderful. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited, Lana. The Lana Simmons Love Podcast. There we go. (laughs) We're going to get all kinds of interesting people over there now. So our time together has been just too short, but before we go, you just mentioned the potential of a love podcast, but is there anything else that's next for you? Well, I think just continuing down, you know, the Reiki rabbit hole (laughs) and I guess just continuing with the podcast and just finding all these awesomely weird fantastic people that are kind of on the fringe of society who I love. Well, all right. (laughs) Lana Simmons, my microphone sister, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to more conversations with you. For more information about Lana Simmons, visit lanasimmons.com to listen and to subscribe to her podcast, The Lana Simmons Show or Size Human. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker, and also SoundCloud.com. We'll be right back with this week's Plus One. Welcome back to Full Body Frequency. This week's plus one is from U.S. President Barack Hussein Obama. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Until next time, tune into your own full body frequency where large is luscious living.